Do you dread having the tough conversation? Whether it's in your relationship, in your personal life, in your professional career, tough conversations are tough conversations for a reason. Lots of people like to shy away from them, don't like to take responsibility for them by saying, oh, I don't like confrontation. But reality is, it's happening. They are coming regardless. So instead of hiding from the inevitable, let's set you up for success in today's episode. Let's figure out how to have the tough conversations. Welcome back to Well With Michelle, where we find a holistic approach to habits and discipline. It kills me when I see hardworking humans going after their desires without seeing those epic results. Let's shift that scramble, rushed, and overwhelmed day into effective action to get the thing done. We have big dreams and we plan to accomplish them in this community, while we also make space for all of life's little joys. Come on, friend, let's grow. Oh, hello, my friend. Happy Wednesday. Let's start this pod off with a very, very unofficial 10-second Google search of where people struggle to have tough conversations the most. Let's do a little bit of a breakdown. So pay packets is 33%. I would assume that is in relation to work. Uh, Inappropriate behavior in the workplace is 31%. Feedback on poor performance is 30%. Promotions is 23%. Sex is 19%. Relationship breakups is 17%. Family relationships is 16%. Money, 16%. Health, 15%. And then letting someone go for a job at 10%. So from some random survey from Google, that was the breakdown. All of these, whether or not the percentages are relevant to you, Lots of these conversations are the tough ones that they have to happen. They're important for our progress moving forward and they're uncomfortable. So how are we going to tackle these? This has been a huge focus for me the last few months because I've been really putting down onto paper how to have tough conversations. I have lots of tough conversations in my day to day. So I'm someone who feels very, very comfortable delivering with them and have gotten better and better with practice. And I know I will continue to improve as I continue to deliver more. So when I first started learning more about tough conversations, it was with my first business coach and he called it calling out the elephant in the room. Now, obviously that's a very common term and that most of us are familiar with of, Hey, listen, here's the facts and this is what's got to change. We're not sugarcoating things. We're going to get further into that in the episode of how essential it is. Other areas of my life that I have to have these tough conversations on the regular, I work at an airline, I train cabin crew, and they go through a very, very intense training process. As the lead, whenever feedback needs to be given in relation to bad performance or um, not achieving the standards that are required to stay at the airline, I'm the one that has to deliver that feedback. So that is almost a daily occurrence for me of what the next level the person needs to take in order to stay within their role. Another conversation I had recently is someone came up to me and they were letting me know that they had to have a tough conversation with one of their team members about poor job performance. 
and I gave it to him really clear. You know what? This is what you need to do. You need to state the outcome, acknowledge your role in the problem, clarify the consequence, and then restate the outcome. This approach provides clarity for both sides and takes away the feeling of being attacked because of the self-accountability, and it keeps you on track by stating the outcome twice. More on that later. We will break that down, I promise. Another way that I have difficult conversations on the daily is, as I mentioned, work for an airline and the cabin crew. I train the teams that train the cabin crew online. So these teams have to go out into the friendly skies and deliver feedback on the performance of the cabin crew's role. So I have built an entire program on how to deliver effective feedback, which is sometimes tough coaching conversations. And then recently, you know me and my love for Andrew Huberman, Dr. Andrew Huberman on the Huberman Lab. He had somebody on named Chris Voss, and he's an FBI negotiator. Oh, the episode was so good. It was just back in October, so I would strongly suggest going and listening to it. It was very interesting. But he always says that you start out with, this is going to be tough. This is going to be harsh. You're not going to like this. You set the tone from the beginning instead of sugarcoating it with pleasantries for a better reaction to a tough situation. So based on all these tough conversations I have on the regular, also, of course, I'm in a relationship as well. Every so often, we have to have difficult conversations. We have to make decisions. Maybe we don't see eye to eye. So it's just approaching those and coming to a common agreement of what the solution is, what the consequence will be if the solution is not reached. My friend, the biggest lesson that I've taken from having tough conversation is the more you try to dance around it to soften the blow, the worse it is for the person on the receiving end. Quick like a band-aid is most effective for these hard conversations. I just want to remind you that right from the beginning. Because of course, right, we have, we have a tendency to want to cushion tough conversations by starting off with a, hey, how are you? What's new? You know, you know, the small talk. When we start a hard conversation, like any other conversation, the person on the receiving end is much more likely to go into defense mode when we get to the tough part. They feel caught off guard, Right? When instead of starting off the conversation, you've made it clear, hey, we need to chat about the decision I've made and you may not like what I have to say. I've set a meeting for this afternoon to speak about your performance on the job and the gaps I've been noticing. Hey, babe, I would like to sit down and chat about the amount of time you've been working lately. It's going to be a tough conversation, so I was thinking that after dinner, when we both have time to decompress, is best. Set the tone for the conversation from the start. We often hear that method of a compliment sandwich when giving feedback. And honestly, while I do find this approach very effective for lighter conversations, the tough conversations just need the facts and structure to ensure the point of the conversation is delivered and received clearly. More on ensuring what you said is what you understood a little later on in the episode, really essential for these tough conversations. Okay, let's get into it, my friend. If you are leading the tough conversation, you have the responsibility to not only communicate the message clearly, 
but also ensure that the person on the other end is clear on the expectation or potential consequence moving forward. Developing this skill of having the conver- these conversations, it takes time and practice. The best way you can do it, it depends on the situation, right? So talking in a more professional sense, if possible, it's great to learn from someone, watch them do it, then slowly take over and co-deliver the news, and then eventually have you be doing the delivery of the news while your experienced colleague, coworker, whoever is watching you and giving you feedback outside of the experience. Now, in relationships, obviously, it's a little bit more stumbly. I know therapy was a big help for me. I continue to work on my personal development and growth, and I screw it up all the time in the way I deliver in relationships. It's a little less formal, but recognize that you can reach out for support. Reach out to the friends that you honor and respect their marriage, and you think that the way they're doing it is a way that would work for you. Reach out to a therapist talk, um, get into, you know, groups and forums and ask questions. If you're unsure how to deliver tough conversations, there is so much information out there. So don't feel like you have to be an Island. Everybody struggles with having these tough conversations until you practiced it. So don't beat yourself up about it. Let's just work on finding our solutions. I want to jump back to a point I made in the intro of some people are better at having these conversations than others. And a line we hear often to try and avoid the responsibility of the conversation is, I don't like confrontation. Now, while it is challenging to have these conversations, maybe they make you feel squeamish, sweaty, or uncomfortable, your relationships depend on them. So let's chat about how to actually deliver these convos. Let's put the power back in your hand so you can deliver them effectively, avoid confrontation in a way that makes you feel unprepared because the confrontation is often you don't know the outcome you don't know how they're going to react you don't know if you're going to know what to say to their reaction so let's give you some structure first let's go through delivering tough feedback in a professional context and then we'll do a second example with having those uncomfortable conversations in your personal relationships friendships romantic relationships whatever it is Okay, so that structure that we were talking about earlier, one, this is kind of the pre-work. Make it clear from the beginning, the context of the conversation, don't sugarcoat it. If you're about to invite that person in for a tough conversation, say in the office, let them know so that they are prepared for it. As they come in at the start of the conversation, clearly highlight the issue or the pain points. Use I statements to help keep the person receiving off of that defense mode. So a few examples of this. I have noticed the projects that you've submitted the past six months have either all been late or incomplete. I have the records here if you would like to review them. Point blank. Here's the facts. You are not meeting your requirements. Used I statements. It was nothing to do with you are not enough. It's a here's the facts That's it, point blank. Avoid filling. You see how simple and clear that line is. Do everything in your power to stop with the filler words, to just going on, ranting, raving, over-explaining. You lose people and your point does not come across clearly. Learn the art of saying less. It's something I'm still working on. (laughs) Number two, acknowledge your part in the problem. 
it's so easy to place blame and avoid accountability, right? Rarely is an issue just one-sided. So it's important to verbalize both sides. So following up with that same example we used above, I do recognize that I've been out of the office for business for the majority of the past months. Moving forward, I would like to do a weekly check-in on workload and expectations to ensure you're supported in your role. As the leader, as the boss, as the person that the person responds to, you had some part in it. It's not all on them. And as an excellent leader, you must be able to take accountability for that. Number three, you want to clarify the consequence. Both you and the person receiving need to not only hear the words being said, but understand them the same way. So for example, if you say, um, I need to see improvement on this in the following months. Really, so long as that person completes even one project on time, the improvement's been made. There's too much room for ambiguity. 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 Why can't I say ambiguity? (laughs) You know what I'm trying to say. I can't say it. All right, there's too much space for multiple stories there. Ambiguity. Ambiguity. Oh my gosh, I can't speak. Okay. So instead, try adding clear details with a deadline. So moving forward, all projects must be submitted in full by the date listed on the memo. Should this not occur, a final warning or termination may be considered. Can you please clarify the details back to me to ensure we're both on the same page? So not only have you clearly stated the expectation moving forward, but you've added another essential layer of getting them to repeat it back in their own words to make sure what you have said is what they understood. Just a quick stat for you. The average office loses approximately a day of work per week due to misunderstandings. Remember, it's not enough to have the tough conversation. The person on the receiving end must understand the conversation in the way that it was delivered. Then last, you're going to number four. The final point is restating the original topic of the conversation. Now, this one's really, really important for two reasons. One, clarity on the why of the conversation is taking place. And then the second part of why it's so important is it keeps you on track. It avoids you veering off into a tangent of other gaps. Let's just tackle one tough combo at a time, Tiger, okay? So let's toss those steps, those same steps that we just went over and instead use them in the context of a tough romantic relationship conversation. So remember, we're always setting them up for success. We are in the know. We need to let them in the know too. So, hey babe, we need to talk this afternoon about the lack of time we've been getting to spend together lately. Clearly state, hey, this is a serious conversation. I don't want you to feel like you come in attacked. We both know what's happening when we come into the conversation. Again, using your I statements. Clarify the issue. Babe, lately I've been feeling really disconnected with you for because you've been traveling for work so often. I know we've sp- spoken about this before and I feel like things are maybe slipping back into our old patterns. I miss you and I want to find a solution where we both feel satisfied with our quality time. Clearly state, I statements, no blame. Hey, I'm feeling this way and I want to know what your experience of it is as well. 
As always, we're going to take accountability. We need to acknowledge our part in the role. So um, maybe this looks like, hey, I recognize that my schedule has also been pretty full lately too. I noticed that I honestly, I fill up my schedule in anticipation of your traveling to avoid feeling alone. You've acknowledged that, hey, yeah, you know what? My schedule's been pretty busy too. So it's not all on you that we're not spending time together. Number three, you want to define the expectation moving forward. So currently, the amount of time that we're spending together isn't sufficient for me, hun. I would love to build a habit where you share your potential travel schedule with me. And that way we can build our quality time around it. And this may require both of us stepping back to a few commitments to make sure our relationship is an equal priority. What do you think? You clearly defined, hey, what's going on right now is not working. Here's a solution that I think might work. What are your thoughts on it? And then number four, as always, come back to restating that issue. Babe, I love you and our time together is important to me. I need to be assured that you value our time together the same way that I do. And I can only recognize that through changed action. So you've made it very, very clear. I'm not getting enough time in this relationship. I need to see a change with action. That is the vital concept right there of it's not words. It's not, sorry, babe, I'll do better. It's a, I need to see these actions changed in order for this to feel resolved. So of course you're going to see in the personal relationships, this would work with friendships, family relationships as well. It's more back and forth. It's less black and white, right? Because you're giving them space to say their interpretation where when you're talking in a business sense, you're like, honestly, like these are your job requirements. You've got to meet them or maybe this isn't a good fit for you. So you're going to change it, adapt it slightly based on the conversation you're having. But this basic, basic structure works for all of the tough conversations. Do the pre-workout, let pre-work, let them know what's coming, let them know what's going to be tough. Use I statements and clarify that issue. Always acknowledge your part in it. Define the expectation moving forward. And then restate the issue one more time to make sure everyone's clear and understood it in the same way. This, I've delivered probably, I don't, it's been, it's, it's so many. It's 300 plus tough conversations, whether I'm giving a tough conversation to my clients of like, hey, you know what, it's time to make the change or you're not going to ever see any results whether it's a conversation with the cabin crew of, you know, you're not reaching the goals, the requirements to stay in this role, tough conversations with family members, with friends, with relationships, whatever it is, this always works. It keeps me grounded. It keeps me on the topic. And it's just a little support. It feels like someone's just kind of gently holding my shoulders and they're like, you got this because you know what your next step is. And you can trust that the next thing you're going to say is going to be like crazy out of left field and being like, oh my God, that was not the solution there. (laughs) I just want to remind you here one more time, you guys, the tough conversations are not always going to go well. Sometimes the reaction is going to be big. Sometimes the person's going to disagree. This isn't a fail-proof plan for having perfect tough conversations, but it is a great, great starting point to at least get you 
going in the right direction. You got this, my friend. Speak up for what you need. Speak up for what you desire. You deserve that. I love you lots. Talk to you next Wednesday. My friend, thanks so much for sticking around. I have something really important to ask you. Are you tired? Tired of putting in the work? You're showing up, you're doing the thing, but the way you're currently living is creating a shell of a human. You're on autopilot and honestly, you're just unsure of when to say enough is enough. Let's look at the simple actions that we can take daily so that at the end of the day, you feel accomplished as opposed to just numb with tasks. In just 15 minutes a day, you can learn to take the actions that are essential in your life. You cut out the fluff that's stealing all your time to make space for the things you love. What if you could still go after your big audacious goals and dreams, but also be able to slow down and get ice cream with your nieces or stop over to see your parents, to be able to sit down and have a chill night with your partner again? It's time to take back control, and we're going to do it in 15 minutes or less. Join the No Fuss Academy today. Learn how to optimize your day-to-day, to stop that constant feeling of rush, and instead find the actions that are filled with passion and purpose. We're making our days more effective, not to add more crap to our to-do list, but instead make space to laugh and create and move and get back to living your good life. Sign up today. You can find more details in the show notes below. I can't wait to see you on the No Fuss Academy.